This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Hey, this is Jedi Master Rob LaBerry, host of the Jedi Temple Archives podcast, and you're listening to... Wait, hold on, hold on one second. What the force? Hey, hey, aren't you Dr. Sonny Ravencourt of the University of Coruscant? Nope. No, you absolutely are. I recognize you. Now, you were in the archives not too long ago. I believe you were on a tour, a guided tour. Uh... Look, here's the deal. This temple is not open to outsiders without escort. So you're going to just have to move right along or I'm going to have to get Jedi Temple security. Oh, come on. I can't get this kind of information at the University of Coruscant. Look at this transcription. This Jedi was murdered. All right. Uh, that That's it. We're not going to have this conversation. Padawan, please go get the temple guards. Oh, I really don't think you need to call Jedi secure. Okay, here they come. I got to go. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Goodbye, Dr. Ravencourt. All right, all right sorry about that. Uh, where was I? Oh, right. And you're listening to Conversations Podcast with Pat and Charles. It's a translation to a Star Wars nation. It's a celebration. On a very special episode of Conversations, things get difficult for the hosts. Sometimes they agree, sometimes they don't, but they won't let it get in the way of their friendship. If you or someone you know is being bullied, there are things you can do to keep yourself and others safe. We bring you to this very special episode of Conversations. Hello, and welcome to Conversations. I'm Charles. And I'm Pat, and this is episode 65, The Light Side in the Dark, The Good and the Bad, The Before. And the after. This is the prequels versus sequels SmackDown! <laughs> I have one note. <laughs> okay. Prequels win, you McGregor Clone Wars. Kapow! I win. Okay. <laughs> Before I walk off this plank off the skiff into the pit of carcoon. Pit of carcoon, right. <laughs> Alright. Let's. Let's try and make this like at least a 15-minute episode, <laughs> please. Yes. All right. So we're leaving the original trilogy out of it. Yes. Because it's the original trilogy. Right. And there's only two of us. One of us is not juggling two, uh, two <laughs> trilogies here. I'm lucky enough to juggle one movie, let alone a trilogy. This is born from the... Um... From the age-old debate. No, it's from the oh. Moncala versus Quarren. Yes. Episode. The age old debate. Okay. Good enough. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yes, I agree with you on that one. We both have uh, a certain slow burn affection for the prequels. Mm-hmm. That we both did not necessarily super enjoy them when they first came out. Correct. But over time, uh, they've aged like a uh, fine Felucian Mangese liquor. Right. And um, the sequels, we do enjoy them as well. Correct. 
because they're Star Wars. Yes. And we enjoy Star Wars. Um, we will put aside our brotherhood here and, you know, uppercut each other with, uh, <laughs> with, with factless opinions. Yes. Uh, based on our trilogy of choice. Correct. But <laughs> somewhat fact-based, though. Whereas the prequel trilogy exists in the past, the sequel trilogy exists in the future. That's correct. I right. mean, that does track. Right. Except that they're both in the past now. Well, yeah, I get that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but right. I will say that as much as the prequel trilogy has been enhanced by the massive amount of storytelling in that era. The oh, you mean by um, such animated greats as the Clone Wars? Ah, and okay. Rebels. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Right. And Season 7 and Bad Batch. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Okay. Okay. All right. And books. And the prequel and the sequel trilogy has been enhanced by the likes of Star Wars Resistance. Correct. <laughs> so let's just say that uh-huh. the, the emphasis is on the wrong syllable. Okay. Okay. But <laughs> if you look at Disney's direction... At this right. point, all the eggs are in the sequel basket. We've talked before about Batu and Galaxy's yeah. Edge. We have. And how, and as you have noted many times, which is very astute and very defined, is that the design and features of both Disneyland and Disney World installations of Batu could very well be retrofitted to look like Han Solo and Chewbacca era where they visited this planet in canon. They they did. It's in the first issue yeah. of the Batu comic. Correct. However, the problem with that is Rise of the Resistance. That is not retrofittable as a ride. You can have those two eras of Star Wars to a certain degree, but they're right. incongruent within the setting of Batu. Within the storytelling of the land. Yes, yes. yes. So, but when you look at Disney, when they purchased Star Wars, The Force Awakens was not the first property that they launched as they bought them. It was was the series by Chuck Wendig. Right, the Aftermath series. Correct. And so while these movies were in development, so you have this period of storytelling that is after Endor. Right. It's the Battle of Jakku. Yeah. And it starts to lay the plans almost like as a path to The Force Awakens and starts to yeah. set up this sequel. That's actually what it was called. Was right. The, the, the journey to the to, to Force to Awakens. The path to Force yeah. Awakens. Yeah. So you have this ground-setting story that tries to begin to explain what's going to be happening soon in the universe and at the same time you've got disney parks trying to develop now a land that is going to satisfy star wars fans who as we discussed just a couple episodes ago in our star wars weekends episode the hearts that were ripped out of us that had taken star wars out of the parks unbeknownst to us but known to disney they were going to buy them anyways so they had this marching order of 
plans that we're going to introduce Star Wars into this new era, new fans, and make it so that the future of Star Wars was only found in the parks. And what else can you do but do that? They're not going to set the Batu and, and Galaxy's Edge in the prequel era. They're going to have to go to the sequel era because they're going to have to support what they're going to actually be producing in the next few years. Right. No, that's understood. Um, but, you know, the prequels obviously are um, vastly different than the sequels. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. and I think, um, you know, all of the different projects that Lucasfilm is pursuing from, like, the High Republic and more sequel storytelling and everything, because the prequel era has been explored already. They're not going to, you know, beat a dead father here and um, keep talking about the same stuff that they've got books, <laughs> comics, films, and countless hours of animation on Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean it's not as good as the sequels just Mm -hmm. means they've already talked about it so there's that (laughs) (laughs) i mean my personal opinion is that bad batch i wasn't looking for that story i wasn't that enthused about it as a story arc from clone war season seven which was really good in essence that was one of the last things that was like, oh, okay. Well, where's this going? Oh, already season six. No. That's oh, pretty... we've got twelve episodes, and four of them are this. Okay. Yeah. Well, there's that. Yeah. And then we get to the Bad Batch, and there's sixteen episodes. And uh-huh. okay, I get that. Another season two. You know, I will admit at this point, unfortunately, that the sequel trilogy did suffer from a lack of story continuity. But are we oversaturating? the allure of the prequel trilogy in favor of enhancing the sequel trilogy or are they are they trying to course correct that trilogy of movies with prequel era content um well does that mean i win no i feel like that means i win it does not because i agree to disagree so you've got this, you know, episode one, you know, obviously it's like, oh, well, there's this villain and he's, you know, in all black and a mechanical suit and the whole bit. And, and how did all this come about and everything? So, like, people want to know that. People mm-hmm. want to know that story. Okay. Mm-hmm. You've got the, um, you know, the mysteries surrounding Darth Vader. You've got. Luke and Leia talking about their origins and the great warrior Yoda, uh, Obi-Wan and Yoda talking about Anakin, um, you know, and, and what a great warrior he was, what a great friend, and they fought in the Clone Wars and all this kind of stuff that's in the past at, at the point of the original trilogy. So they mentioning all these things that are fascinating to hear about, but then like, so then to be able to look forward to actually seeing them. And to see, oh, episode four, five, and six, all right, cool. But then episode one is like, oh, here we go, you know. And I think, um, you know, we were we were all kind of fanboyed out a little bit when uh, we heard that there was going to be an episode one. So you've got all these allusions in the original trilogy to back in those times. So you know, when you start to flesh that out, it's it's something that people want to see, that people are are longing to see. 
and the story that George wanted to tell after he told the other story. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's much of the story. You know what I mean? You've got the attack of the clones, which ends up being like the beginning of the Clone Wars. And then by Revenge of the Sith, you're at the end of the Clone Wars. Mm -hmm. So you don't see any, really, any of that struggle. You know, you just see bits and pieces of it that lead to, you know, where we are at the beginning of Revenge of the Sith. So, you know, so the Clone Wars TV show supplements that. And then you've got the, you know, the Order 66 and the turn of Darth Vader. And, you know, here's the helmet and the suit. And now he's Darth Vader. But, you know, you've got Luke and Leia as infants. Mm -hmm. There's still, you know, 19 years until the original trilogy mm -hmm. so in terms of of the, the bad batch you you're now in that territory of after revenge of the sith to kind of flesh out some of that story at this point point. Yeah. and yeah i mean you've got novelizations you've got uh, canon novelizations you've got uh star wars rebels you've got solo you've got other projects that are in there but they don't necessarily bridge the gap with what's going on in the galaxy from the fall of the republic to the rise of the empire so Agreed. you know so it, it, they've, they've done some of that in bad batch i imagine that they'll touch upon more of that through other media whether it be you know season two of the bad batch or you know other comics novels things like that or even another animated series about the birth of rebellion. I don't know, whatever. So, um, but there's a, there's still a significant gap of time in there that hasn't really been explored. So, um, in terms of what they're doing right now with the prequel era, or the the gap between the prequels and the and the OT, I think that's just because there's a gap of time there. I don't see that as something that's necessarily supplemented to strengthen the sequel trilogy. Uh, if there are seeds that are planted that help to enrich the sequel trilogy, then, then that's great. And now that the sequel trilogy is finished, they know where they've gone. They know exactly what the trajectory was, but I don't think they are intentionally doing that with, with the supplemental material in the uh, prequel era. Okay. I mean, I disagree. Um, <laughs> okay. Because... Do you think their sole intention of, of new prequel well, era content is not to soul. enrich the sequel trilogy? Not If soul. they need to do that for the sequel trilogy, then that's weak sauce and I win. So, before we get to that point, you're jettisoned 25, 30 years in the future. Right you have left completely the story that we understand as Return of the Jedi way in the future beyond just what we saw in Aftermath series. And you've got the first movie, The Force Awakens, coming out. Right. There's no context yet, aside from the Aftermath series, that allows you to understand how to view these new movies, except to say that, well, timeline-wise, our original heroes that we all know and love are still, quote-unquote, alive. Could be, maybe right. not. Yet, obviously, there's going to be a whole new host of characters that we're going to be introduced to. Right. They aren't supported by 
any material in the existing at the time prequels or clone wars and like i said before where yes you've got certain tendrils right now in the clone wars and the mandalorian some of these these core elements or tidbits threads that are then throwing forward to the sequel trilogy from day one when even you and i as we saw these movies we tried to look at them as a trilogy it's gonna work it's gonna fit in together and we saw force awakens oh my god we saw it seven times it was fantastic cardboard luke came with us the last viewing it was amazing uh-huh, uh-huh. Then we saw <laughs> he had his own t-shirt. He had his own t-shirts. He was so popular. And then oh, we man. saw The Last Jedi, which I loved. I thought it was despite its flaws, which is a great movie. I, I love that movie for certain aspects. And of course, that was the downfall of many people in this sequel trilogy. Then we get to The Rise of Skywalker, which tried to stitch it all up. You know, in May of this year, JJ Abrams himself talked about how trilogies need to have a common thread, a common story yeah, that absolutely that links them all. So as it hard somewhat baffles me. Yes. Uh, not to interrupt. It That's somewhat fine. baffles me that um that they they took the approach with, especially with The Last Jedi that like oh uh, you know we're letting Ryan do his thing and you know everything's everything's cool, but like he's he's just gonna do what he whatever he you know whatever he wants to do and all. It's like, well, shouldn't you know what he intends to do before you like like shouldn't the storyboards for all three stories, which are part of the same story, be fleshed out before you start filming the first one? I feel like that's um, that's a commitment that you have to have before you start filming the first part of it. If you have a three-act play, for example, you're going to know what's going on in each act before you publish it, before you set it, uh, you know, to stage where you know you're going to run it through and and people are going to see it. Just like how, you know, episodic television is going to, you're going to have an idea where this is going before you air the first episode. You're going to have an idea what's going on with episodes eight and nine, or have it pretty much set in stone um, before you release episode seven. So that if something doesn't mesh or doesn't fit right or something like that later on in the story you can alter the first part of the story to make that stuff make sense that's the way i look at a trilogy okay it's not oh we're gonna do episode seven. Oh, that was a success oh now we're gonna do episode eight. Oh, that was a success oh now we're gonna do episode nine you know it, it was disney bottom and they're like we're doing a new trilogy which means we're going to do three more movies they had Writers back out, they had directors back out, they had all sorts of trouble, they had actors die, unfortunately. So all that kind of stuff plays into it, but I feel like, okay, if you're Kevin Feige, okay, and you're looking at Marvel, which has a bunch of freaking movies and different projects, 
and you're like, so so you feel like Charlie Day in, in It's Always Sunny with the uh, with the pegboard, and you've got all your stuff, and you 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 look like a crazy person, but you got all your tacks up with your yarn, and and you got this one meshes with that, and that one leads to this, and you've got this whole intricacy with storytelling that like. Okay, so this line's going to be dropped in this movie. It's going to be referenced later in that movie, but it's all going to make sense because we've got this common ground. For example, the first Avengers movie. You know, you've got Iron Man and Iron Man 2, and then you've got Captain America, and then you've got Thor. You know, so you've got these films that are independent, but all point the characters in the same direction so that when the Avengers movie comes out, it makes sense. And you can have different directors, you can have different writers, but if you've got a general layout of where things are going, and it's like, you know, you can write what you want, you can say what you want, you can, you know, have different things happen, as long as you're heading in this direction, kind of doesn't feel that way with the sequels. Okay. <laughs> okay. I All agree right. with you, Do but I you're dumb. yet? <laughs> Um, yes, there's not much I can say to that, <laughs> but what I can say is that the prequel trilogy had a bookend they had to match up to. Yes. They had the OT. He had a finite story that he had to line up to. Now that's not saying that Rogue One in its brilliance had a huge part in helping that end literally to the minute. And yeah. Solo in- included, Solo included as a, as a prequel sort of story building uh, era of a movie. Right. The sequel trilogy was not only trying to end the Skywalker saga with a fitting end to the fans who were alive and watched the OT trilogy. <laughs> the fans who were alive? Well, okay. me included. Yeah. Uh-huh. The prequel trilogy. And now the sequel yes. trilogy, yet right. allowing the new fans, of which you and I have witnessed dozens of kids, four-year-olds, yes. five-year-olds dressed as Ray or as yes. Poe or as Finn or, or as, as BB-8 or Kylo Ren yes. in, in Batu and cosplaying as these new characters. Correct. They were entrusted to end the Skywalker saga with a hopefully satisfying end and leave the future of Star Wars open-ended where in five, six, seven years, come back to a movie and we start the next series of movies, whether it's going to be Taika Waititi or Ryan Johnson, much to the chagrin of many people, all these things. Or in this case, Disney Plus. Right. Yet, what, what we can expect. Or from both. Disney, well, or both. that's the thing is that at this point, Disney Plus understands where the money is. The money is right now in the prequels. We've got Kenobi series coming out, which is a prequel era era um, story, which I'm completely looking forward to, and I can't wait for it. Um, oh, you and me both. <laughs> um, Andor. Uh-huh. The Mandalorian Season 3, The Book of Boba Fett, which, you know, straddles that sort of post-Return of the Jedi story and right. if we're talking about tendrils into the sequel trilogy you've got some very strong connections there 
Yeah. And, um, you know, I, if you're looking from a fan's point of view, the sequel trilogy represents where Disney is going with Star Wars. And the prequel trilogy is where the fan base sits right now. Can right. we make, can we bridge that and make everybody happy? And that's somewhat. Absolutely. I think, I think it has to do with great storytelling. And, um, you know, in numerous interviews, Dave Filoni has said that Star Wars is something that makes you feel good, that makes you feel happy. Hmm. Okay. Not that later on we're going to mention his take on Duel of the Fates or anything, but, um, but the fact that he has his ear to the ground with the fan base but also that history of sitting next to George and kind of what George was going for and George, where George was coming from, he's got that finger on the pulse of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Okay? And again, like we both stated tonight and several other times, the prequel trilogy was not extremely well-received. But now, with the supplemental material that has come out, it's much, much more well-received by people our age. Mm -hmm. Okay, the kids that were kids when it came out liked it then and like it now. Right. Okay. Irregardless. Um, But it's won over many more fans through the supplemental material that has come out that enriches it. So to assume that the sequel trilogy could also be enriched by supplemental material is not too far off. I mean, I feel like there are, there are certainly many people that, that do enjoy it. The kids now, like you said, um, you know, love it. They, you know, little girls look up to Ray and, um, you know, Kids, you know, love Kylo Ren and, you know, Poe and Finn and like these are their characters. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, with good storytelling, the sequel trilogy can also garnish more fans, much like the prequels did. I completely um, agree. Uh, there were certainly parts of the sequel trilogy that I mean, the prequel trilogy that that I enjoyed. But overall, I was like, this is kind of. I don't know. I mean, it's okay. But at the same time, my age was kind of like too cool for like silly stuff at the time. Because mm-hmm. I was like, eh, I, was, I was a late teenager when they came out. So it was like, well, you know, like this, this silly stuff that was in episode one and a bit in episode two was like, okay, it's kind of lame. Yes. But like, this is uh, obviously for kids, this stuff. Which, yeah, okay, Star Wars is for kids. Um, I've since embraced my silly and have <laughs> um, have gone um, several places um, dressed up in character, been childlike. Uh, you can ask my wife. She will confirm that I'm quite childlike. <laughs> All the time. So, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I've learned to embrace that part of myself. in Not only in that and, and looking at things with a less skeptical eye, because I, I like to enjoy myself. For me to go into a movie with a bad attitude, um, that doesn't help me. That doesn't make me. That doesn't satisfy me to go into a movie hoping it's terrible. 
Because that's the most ridiculous idea I've ever heard. People going to see a movie that they think is going to be terrible and hoping it's terrible. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Why are you going to spend money mm-hmm. on a movie ticket when you think it's going to be terrible and you kind of hope it is? Yes. That's Waste ridiculous. The money. Yes. So, you know, I, I feel as though I'm, I've come to a point where I'm, I'm certainly less skeptical and I can enjoy space fantasy for what it is. It's space fantasy. <laughs> okay. And, and enjoy the film. Now, you know, I, again, you know, not to deviate from, you know, what, what makes sequels and prequels you know, different. Um, you know, I can really enjoy something like the Duel of the Fates and the choreography and the first time you see a dual-sided lightsaber and lose your mind when yes. Ray Park comes out with that thing. And and then, of course, um, the implications of that. Oh, see, we circled back. <laughs> you see that? Now here we are with, with the Duel of the Fates. And now, if you... before we get to that, we're going to take a quick break. How dare you well, interrupt me right here? Because see, see, this is what you're doing. You're trying to throw off my momentum. It's not going to work. You're trying. It's we're we're in this boxing match, and you're trying to throw off my momentum so that you can get a, a jab in. It's not going to work. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> and break. We'll be right back. From from uh, the uh, the lost planet of uh, Thyphira, we bring you uh, uh, Bacta. Yes, uh, whether whether you're recovering in a tank from a, uh, a, a, fur, a furry bipedal beast attack on uh, some snowy planet. Or being attended to by by a nurse nurse droid, uh, sealing some scratches with with a spray. This is a Bacta spray. It will heal you in a matter of hours. Yes, yes. A Bacta Health Solutions is is there for you. Uh, yes, yes, you. And uh, we never stop innovating. Our industrial division is 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 working on a large scale tanks for species from locals to. Ah, uh, yes, that tricky uh, Zillow beast. Yes, I imagine. At Back to Health Solutions, we 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 strive to provide healing solutions that bring you, um, well, <laughs> back to health. And we're back. Thank you very much. And I feel. Uh completely rejuvenated as if i was in like a tank of some sort ah uh, uh, yes yes that's uh <laughs> that's because you've been brought back back to health yes mm, yes this is true okay so um yeah so duel of the fates yes um you know if either one of our listeners has not heard the um or seen the gallery the star wars gallery the mandalorian on disney plus you need to press mm-hmm. pause on this we'll wait and go watch that basically there's 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 nothing where all of the directors are sitting around a table and they're just kind of talking star wars and dun, dun, nah, nah, nah. all right cool 
And then Dave opens his mouth. And everybody's <laughs> talking, laughing, bouncing it back and forth from each other. And Dave starts talking, and, he's like, and everyone is just silent and, like, looking at him, like, totally drawn into what he has to say. Now, this is season and, one Mandalorian, right? Season one gallery of Mandalorian. Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. Which, okay, I'll hand it to you. It's after Return of the Jedi, so technically sequels, whatever. <laughs> but, but he talks about the duel of the fates and how it's not just a cool lightsaber battle. I mean, it is a cool lightsaber battle, but that's not the implication. A defined cool lightsaber battle, but yes. Absolutely. So you've got, you know, the lost way of the Jedi, really. They're all, you know entangled in politics and war and and all this stuff that they aren't meant for and qui-gon is not so you know when he finds this child this boy this chosen one and um you know intends to train him he is the father figure that that anakin needs Mm -hmm. and that he doesn't get um essentially to summarize the duel of the fates is the is about the fate of Anakin, mm. and because of Qui Gon losing that battle, Obi Wan, you know, takes that responsibility to train him. Who basically was like, um, "We're picking up another useless life form, Master." Mm-hmm. He right. thinks he's a nuisance, so mm-hmm. he ends up being a big brother figure to him. And if you don't believe me, he says it in the movie, "You are my brother, Anakin." So, um. <laughs> So it's one of those things where you've got this father figure that would have led you in a certain direction mm-hmm. um, that, that would be you know, the optimal direction for you to go in. Um, and he didn't have that because of Maul, um, uh, Ray Park, again, fantastic. And um, so then Obi-Wan raises him much like, much like a brother would. And doesn't give him what Qui-Gon would have given him. Okay. You know, not that it was any fault of, of Obi-Wan's, but he just he, he wasn't Qui-Gon. You know, Obi-Wan is, is kind of a stickler for the rules and, and is doing, you know, what the council wants and, and asks him to do and things like that that, that Qui-Gon probably wouldn't have. <laughs> and, um, and Qui-Gon would have kind of done his own thing because that's what he did. Um, which would have led Anakin down a little bit of a different path than he went down, which we all know where that leads. So, you know, essentially that, you know, taking place when, you know, Anakin was a child in uh, The Phantom Menace was really what changed his trajectory. Mm-hmm. When he's first picked up by the Jedi, he's, he's heading in one direction, and that gets shifted with the death of Qui-Gon. So, you know, that sets off different course of events for him that leads him to lean on the Emperor more than he would have on Qui-Gon and and kind of foster that relationship more than the one with Obi-Wan. So anyway, um, so that takes place in the prequels, which is outstanding to know after the fact. I completely agree. Right. Okay, uh, let me tell you this. I did a thought experiment this week. I watched okay. The Force Awakens, skipped The Last Jedi, and watched The Rise of Skywalker. Now, of course, I know these movies 
intimately. I know the storylines. I know the characters. Yes. But I watched those two movies and tried to put my mindset aside from what happened in The Last Jedi. Right. And aside from maybe a few expositions and a few flashbacks, which, you know, for the most part, the sequel trilogy did rely quite heavily on flashbacks or force visions much Mm -hmm. more than the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy for defining or at least helping with exposition on the story. Several plot points, obviously the major one being Luke Skywalker, um, could have really helped that trilogy. Now, at this point, I see the sequel trilogy as three movies loosely interpreted as a trilogy because as a star Wars fan, that's the only way I can see it. I don't, right. I cannot connect them. I, and you know, as much as the prequel trilogy was vilified for attack of the clones and then into the Re- revenge of the Sith, the uh, clone wars has greatly, greatly helped that. And given right. that those two movies, a connective tissue that, uh, has forever been changed because of that relationship between the Jedi and the clones. And it's just, it'll never be yeah, the same. And downfall of the prequels was time. They didn't have enough time to, to tell that story, explain yeah. everything. And I think they focused on kind of the wrong things. Um, there was a lot of time in the Senate chambers. Okay. okay. Yes. And I get that, you know, you need to kind of explain where the galaxy is you know, politically to explain kind of how things went so terribly wrong, but the impact of the, and like, like I said earlier, if you were listening, um, (laughs) where the attack of the clones is the beginning of the clone wars and the revenge of is the end of them. Mm -hmm. You don't see much of the wars. You don't, you don't. So you don't see the Jedi generals and their, and their, you know, their clone command uh working together we're having each other's backs being a cohesive unit in the family and so then the betrayal of them in the movie is like all right you know okay and then you know the whole turn of anakin you know yeah there's parts where you know he's with obi-wan and then he's with palpatine and he's with padme all these different um aspects to his character that ultimately lead him where he winds up you don't have enough time to properly convey that in the films no so i mean it's it's there i mean you see glimpses of it but you you know aside from making each film three and a half hours long you're not going to really be able to express that you know in film no so they do it in the supplemental material in right. the in the anime series, and and it works out effectively because it's congruent with the films, and it just it strengthens those characters and those roles and the relationships that they have, so that you know that gap between episodes two and three strengthens what happens in both episodes two and episode three. Mm-hmm. As we come to near close on this topic i will say that it is unfair to compare oh my gosh i knew you would sneak out of this one okay the prequel trilogy to the sequel trilogy because a 
there's not enough material yet to support the sequel trilogy. B, the appetite for it because of how divisive the sequel trilogy has been. Fulcrum, not Ahsoka, of course, the Fulcrum being The Last Jedi. You know, mm. The Force Awakens was okay. generally seen as a great movie. You know, some people will say that it's, it's a rehash of A New Hope, The Rise of Skywalker, mediocre finish, too much content, whatever. But The Last Jedi is being, you either love it or hate it. Right. I don't know if anyone will be able to accept any um, solutions that The Bad Batch may present, that The Mandalorian may present, where Disney is trying to at least right. invest into ultimately uh, allowing for Palpatine to be the, the final villain. Is that ever going to be accepted by the fans? I think there are certainly people that are just so entrenched in their beliefs on the sequel trilogy that you start to see something that attempts to make sense of something that they dislike. And they're like, oh, they're just trying to cover up for it. Yes. They're just trying, which, I mean, they, that's what the Clone Wars did for for the, the prequels. Yes. Um, They try, they cover up for it, they, they enrich them. So, you know, I think that part of the unfairness comes from these are things that we know and love from the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. And going backwards, okay, how do we explore those things and how they came to be? Going forward, that stuff's all in the past. So you're, you know, carving new new paths. Yes. And new new trails to something else, you know. Um, like you said, you have the end point of the original trilogy for the prequels. So you go back however long you want yes. to. Okay. So you go back to, you know, when Anakin's 10 and you do your prequels from there up to that end point. Whereas in the sequels, you have your starting point and no real end point, mm-hmm. but you've got that investment in the, in the prequel timeline where you have like, Oh well, the Gene Oceans have this, you know, secret origins of the Death Star, hmm. and um, and then you have cloning tech from I, um, exactly the Camino from uh, yeah. Camino, and then you've got uh, like assassins and stuff. You've got intrigue like Sifo-Dyas, and you know he's 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 you know commissioned this clone army and stuff. So like, who's that guy? What's he about? You know what I mean? So you've got these sort of things that are like, oh, that's cool, and it's something I've never seen before add a different layer to you know to the universe mm-hmm. okay and then you you see that whole heart-wrenching aspect of when when they're in the kenobi house and obi-wan's telling luke about his fondness for anakin mm-hmm. and then you see that play out on screen um you know tragically the the duel on mustafar yep. and you know and anakin's turn to the dark side but then you also have the tragedy of darth plagueis the wise <laughs> so i mean that's there are true. several aspects of the prequel trilogy that that are um you know and that's you know i i say that in jest the the tragedy of darth plagueis. it's it's in a note but <laughs> you've got this whole speech that like everyone loves yeah um and it's and it's so self-serving 
for Palpatine. He's saying exactly what Anakin needs to hear to buy into this hook, line, and sinker. And like you said, way at the beginning of this conversation was it's about story. I know. As much as the sequel trilogy has either suffered in a certain aspect from story and continuity, it also has had amazing parts of the story. You've got Ray and Finn and Poe, some great characters. You've had, in my opinion, a an extremely emotional and touching end to Luke's arc. I, I love that scene in, yeah. in return in The Last Jedi. You see um Han Solo coming back to help Kylo Ren's turn in The Rise of Skywalker, an extremely emotional part of it. The mm-hmm. way that Kylo became Ben and helped Ray. I mean, there's such great storylines in the sequel trilogy that you can't. I mean, I I I okay. As a Star Wars fan, I yes. sincerely hope that one day we are able, as a community and as a Star Wars fan base, are able to bridge these divisions between this original trilogy, this prequel trilogy, and the sequel trilogy, and accept them for what they are, for their flaws. I mean, look. Attack of the Clones was the dumpster fire of Star Wars for a good 10 years. Guess what? (laughs) Until the kids who love that movie became of age and joined social media and platforms that allowed them to express their vision for that movie and say, you know what? Screw you and your uh, and your I hate sand that that that's my movie. Take your uh, take your baggage and get the hell out of here. Yeah, take your cheesy Death Star fight and uh, somewhere else. Right, and I think that's a big part of it. Is you're, you're, there's enough fans that you're going to have people on both sides. Yeah, and I think that I hope that over time the detractors um, of the sequels, much like the detractors of the prequels, will shut up yeah. and like. If you don't like it, that's fine. But like, you don't have to make everybody's day, everybody's day miserable and mm-hmm. call them idiots and jerks yeah. and stuff like that because they like something that you don't. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is, you know, I there there are, you know, just with the taste in food, for example, you've got people that love all different types of food. Mm-hmm. There are people that love things that I hate. There yeah. are people that hate things that I love. So, you know, there's enough Star Wars out there that is something that people can appreciate. Like, yeah. I like Boba Fett now, okay? So that's, you know, that's a, that's an example of, like, a way to improve on a character that I will appreciate. That is a brilliant example because both you and I, for different reasons, never liked Boba Fett. It was just, he was just there. Uh, two different eras. Uh, overhyped, whatever, whatever the reasons are. And all it took was one episode of the Mandalorian to change the paradigm of Boba Fett. It's like, Hey, cool. Boba Fett has a character. He's got, he's got a drive to him. He's got a backstory and he's coming. He's, 
making himself much more enjoyable. And if a small portion of the, of the fandom for me and for you, obviously it's like, Hey, great. <laughs> you know, as soon as when we spoke to Todd at WSTR media, you know, we weren't the biggest fans of, of Boba Fett. He's a huge fan of Boba Fett, but guess right. what? Now we're all together. <laughs> right. Exactly. So not to borrow a line from, uh, from fanboys, but, uh, <laughs> So what? He's got a jetpack. So does the Rocketeer. Like I, and I love the Rocketeer. Exactly, um, fantastic but, movie. So that's the thing is you've got different tastes, and I, you know we don't need to go into why I didn't love Boba Fett. Um, you know, it's literally the only action figure my brother had, and I had every other one, and I couldn't get that one because he already had it and wouldn't share it with me. That has nothing to do with this. Um, the fact is, um, you know, you've got a certain mindset towards a corner of Star Wars, and the idea is that, you know, if you can't shut up about it, hopefully that your mind can be changed mm-hmm. on it, or at least not ruin it for the people that do enjoy it. Right. You know, back before Tim Morrison came back and, and played him in Mandalorian, so well, well, played him for the first time in Mandalorian, I wasn't a jackass to people that like Boba Fett. I just didn't care for him and didn't see what the hype was. Right. But now I see what the hype is because Dave Loney and um, John Favreau sh- showed me the hype. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, Rob at Jedi Temple Archives podcast has tweeted a lot about if you like a certain part of Star Wars, you're a Star Wars fan. The yes. Red 5 Network has said that. Tom at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. doesn't matter what part of Star Wars you like. If you're a Star Wars fan, you're a Star Wars fan. That's the essence of it. You've got right. so many different parts of Star Wars that you can like, whether the books or the the games, the uh, the movies, the TV series, the animated series. There's a part of Star Wars that you can like as much as you want to enjoy them all, enjoy a part of it. Um, different people are different for a reason. Right. So, for example, my my daughter's not a, a huge Star Wars fan at this point. Um, but that being said, um, I mentioned to her that Star Wars Visions is coming out soon. And mm. it's, you know, the anime type of style. And she was like, uh, I'm sorry, what? Now I might be more of a Star Wars fan. So, you know, it's one of those things where you've got drastically different looks and takes on uh, different parts of the franchise, and that translates to different fans. Absolutely. I mean, that's exactly what my daughter has said as well, is that she likes Star Wars. She'll tolerate it to a certain degree. She's watched the movies, but the Star Wars visions, the latest trailer, she's like lost her mind. Yes, so so we have a uh, 15-year-old and an 18-year-old that are up for sale if you want them. We've had them for three or four seasons. <laughs> but, uh, but all jokes aside is that anime represents yet just another aspect of Star Wars fandom that is a yeah. fascinating storytelling device. And only through my daughter have I come to appreciate anime and seen not only the animation style but the storytelling style. And if they're taking Star Wars into that realm and having a really cool look to it, if it's an introduction to someone to sort of get back into Star Wars or to see Star Wars to begin with, I'm all for it. And whether or not it bridges the original trilogy to the prequel trilogy or sequel trilogy, it's irrelevant. It's 
you're a Star Wars fan and there's something out there for you. Yeah, and I feel like you've learned your lesson about uh, judging something based on animation style. (laughs) It's all cartoons for kids. Oh my God, Pat, this is the best thing ever. Really? I told you that. (laughs) Oh, is it? Is it? That's another opportunity. If you're you're close-minded enough to not watch something based on the animation style... Then um, you've got other problems that yes. we don't need to get into here that neither one of us are qualified no. to diagnose you on. Um, but you know, if it's if it's a style that you're not necessarily in love with, but has great storytelling or or interesting storytelling, I mean, George based you know a lot of his inspiration for Star Wars was Samurai. So I mean, with anime, you're right in that realm anyway. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, you know, it, it's a disservice to fans to dismiss it just because it's anime that's maybe not a style yep. that they're that they're used to or they're comfortable with or they're familiar with because that's where George Lucas, like the creator of Star Wars, drew inspiration. So yes. for for these studios and these animators to dive headfirst in that style into the world of Star Wars is is really fitting for the franchise and also um interesting from from a different perspective yeah and you said it uh you look at the prequel trilogy especially where a lot of asian motifs were used and inspired by in padme the storytelling that lucas was trying to tell in the prequel trilogy i think as much as the sequel trilogy is trying to do the same thing that will allow any fan to sort of find their entry point. And hopefully, whether it's a book or a movie or a TV show, it's like, you know what? I'm going to, this is a, this is a pretty cool story. Well, let me take a look at this. And that's yeah. all you'd want as a Star Wars fan is to appreciate one part of it and see what more you want to explore. Yeah. And I mean, even down to like the most iconic aspect of Star Wars, like even from the original trilogy, you've got, Obi-Wan and, and Luke Skywalker that wear outfits that look like geese. They're very Asian look inspired and also I mean it's just it's well within that sort of realm of character design and, and therefore storytelling. Yeah. And you so know, did I win yet? Well, I would say that it's too early to call. The prequel trilogy. You and McGregor. <laughs> I would say Darth Plagueis the Y. <laughs> I would say that the prequel Do trilogy has enjoyed a huge amount of supportive material that enriches that story, and that I can only hope that happens for the sequel trilogy, or at least to bridge that gap to allow the sequel trilogy to be enjoyed for what it is. And look, at this point, I see. The sequel trilogy as three individual movies that are trying to tie together a 45-year-old franchise. And it's not easy because you've got the middle movie that, like I said, I like. I really like The Last Jedi, aside from some of the some of the story arcs I don't like. I don't like all of it, but I like some of the core pieces of it. But I like the movies and I like the way it ended. And I just hope that one day uh, we can all enjoy it for what it is. I do have to, I guess, throw you a bone here and say that the cinematography in the sequel trilogy is breathtaking. Okay, fine. That's all you get from me. 
Um, and I guess we should. Um, I mean, if you're unwilling to concede this this battle to me, um, I guess we should look at what our Twitter people thought. Oh. <laughs> oh, you didn't do it. Okay. I didn't Got do it. it. Got it. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Um. Yes. Well. 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 I had planned a Twitter poll. Uh huh. And then tossed it over to you. He planned it. <laughs> and rightfully so. You had suggested maybe we just don't do that because right. it's not going to end well. <laughs> I, from unbeknownst to either of our listeners, um, I don't have what's known as a social media presence. Okay. <laughs> but what I hear of Twitter is that it can be a wretched hive of scum and villainy. <laughs> so, in the interest of not poking the bear or swinging a stick at the hornet's nest um we we didn't no. do a twitter poll no <laughs> because no matter how we worded the tweet right, right. it You're never right. came out no how about that no. no what if we uh-uh i could and say then, instead of better how about no. more well received no, no. <laughs> more well no more no uh-uh either way that translates to which one's better? Which <laughs> there's not a good answer. Not a good question to ask the Twitterverse. <laughs> Ultimately, that tweet became "Have a great Monday." <laughs> <laughs> good call. <laughs> I do have to mention some of my favorite ties that bind. Ooh, one of them is here with me now. That is Mr. C3PO. Huh. Very who, cool. Who was portrayed by Anthony Daniels in all of the films. Mm -hmm. So he's the ultimate tie that binds. Um, however, there is another character that has a presence in the prequel era and the sequel era. It's, it's strictly through the Clone Wars and through Batuu. So in addition to C-3PO, one of my favorite characters is Mr. Rondo or not. Of course. <laughs> we can find common ground in, in at least those two characters and and many other influences. Well, we can find common ground, but Hondo owns that ground and you now owe him rent. Yes, yes. Uh, it's paid by the hour, actually. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, chop, chop. We're looking at the uh, one hour, 33 minutes, so we're rounding up. Chop, chop. <laughs> I guess, is, is that the olive branch? I feel like that's the olive branch. I mean, the only other thing that I had written down for this show was that... Was that I apologize for being a sore loser, and I'll try better next time. Well, I'm sure you, you do, were, but that's okay. You, that's okay, you, you do. <laughs> a gracious winner last time. No, I you was weren't. quite the jerk. <laughs> you weren't. So, I mean, I was hoping for, you know, not a sore loser this time, but, you know. <laughs> Logic who prevails. Who would have thought the Canadian would be the one to give us trouble? <laughs> what I did surmise is that, you know, as Lucas created this universe in 75 when he first wrote it, and 
the kids that grew up watching that are now in charge of that story and are doing the best that they can, you know, that stands for something for as much as we may like it or not. Uh, like I said before, I just hope that one day we all are able to enjoy part of it. That everyone can say, Hey, you know what? I like this part of star Wars. Let's talk about it and bring new fans into it. Right. And talk about what we like about it, because I know there are several people that hate the last Jedi. Yeah. But we'll admit some of the scenes are breathtaking. Yeah. And that's okay. That's something you like about it. There's certainly civil discourse and, you can agree to disagree on certain things, but, you know, I think the disservice that we as a group do for the brand is to, you know, resort to name calling and, and all this this nonsense where, like, I disagree with you and I'm going to be super vocal about it and, you know, just be a jackass. Yes. You know, because then people see that and they're like, okay, these are Star Wars fans. They're, yeah, they're like choking each other out online like yeah. what the hell is wrong with you idiots you can scroll by that you can avoid exactly. that if I someone mean, loves we reserve, we reserve that kind of nonsense for trekkies <laughs> michelle i didn't say that um but yeah you can you can scroll by that you know if someone loves resistance which is a sequel trilogy cartoon for example if we had a friend whose favorite character was niku right that's absolutely fine exactly if i mean we'd still be great friends right with that person. you know if rob was constantly posting pictures of <laughs> niku and like oh my profile picture is niku i love niku blah 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 it's doesn't matter they're a star wars fan of an aspect right. of star wars and guess what if you don't like it just or scroll by it or whatever it doesn't matter. It's exactly. their aspect of Star Wars that they like. Exactly. And the likes of Bobby Moynihan get to be in a Star Wars. You know, that doesn't delegitimize resistance just because, you know, the, the people don't like it as much as they did Clone Wars. Yes. Or or yeah. the, the films. Right. You know, it's still a Star Wars story. Mm -hmm. You know, you've, you've got um, people that are a part of it that are happy to be a part of it that are that are part of that story that family now and you know and the people that enjoy it likewise right are are part of the star wars fandom now yeager is a fantastic character i mean there's some great characters in that show i mean it's part of the yeah. sequel trilogy and you know um uh, phasma's in there and cardinal and like a lot of po, different characters poe dameron. Po dameron and yeah. bb8 i mean there's there are tributaries of that story that help and assist the sequel trilogy. Maybe that's all we need. Right. It's a small fragment of that. Based on the nature of the Resistance show, it's not front and center like the Clone Wars was for mm -hmm. the you know main characters in the prequel trilogy. It's side characters. Yeah. But you know, it doesn't make it less relevant. In fact, expands the world building. Yes. If anything, um, by focusing on characters that you don't see in every scene of the movies. Right. So it's approaches that situation in a different way. Kind of, um, you know, again, we have, you know, people like the Martez sisters and you've got that storyline in season seven of Clone Wars that's mm -hmm. like, all right, well, 
what do they have to do with anything? They don't, and that's kind of the point is mm-hmm. they're not directly linked to any of the main characters from the films, right. and that's okay because it's not telling that story. It's right. telling the story of these random people that are in the galaxy that are affected by you know, the moves that are being made mm-hmm. by our main characters. Right, and then they pop back up in the Bad Batch. Bad Batch, And yes. then they have, again, they have the history from three episodes, and then suddenly they're back in the Bad Batch, and the character arc is deeper. You get where their backstory is, and suddenly, oh, that's cool. It's more relevant. Put that the same thing with the clones. I mean, if it wasn't yeah. for the clones in the Clone Wars... You know, Cody would be as care about them in the execution of Order 60. Absolutely. I would say that the Pico Trilogy is the clear winner in this discussion at this point. But I only hope for in five, six, seven, eight years that the sequel trilogy has an, an equal amount of supplemental material, whether it comes from prequel era threads or a purely sequel era trilogy gives strength to Ray and Poe and Finn and, you know, maybe delves into Finn's uh, force sensitivity. I mean, what a great character that was. Uh, Ray, of course, all of them. It would be fantastic to see those stories fleshed out. So prequel trilogy, hands down the winner. Sequel trilogy, give us a few years. Okay, Switzerland. So, um, <laughs> I, I I I agree that that prequels win for the time being. Yes, but um, you know, again, that being said, um, you know, Star Wars is is always adding things and and um, and explaining things and expanding upon things. So um, you know, you, we might have a sequel era equivalent of the clone wars that that supremely enriches the content of the sequel trilogy you know and that that people can see the films in a different light maybe yeah you know with dave filoni and john favreau at the helm the the love they have for the story and it's you know we saw that in the Season two, the rescue episode uh, behind the scenes or the gallery episode. Yes. They have. What a great episode. Yeah. I mean, they have the pulse of, like you said, all the way at the beginning of this episode, they have the pulse of the fandom and they understand what needs to be done with the, with the entire story. Even at the, the, the season finale of the Bad Batch, where personally as a ending episode, it was sort of flat for me, but. You see one of the scientists on their lapel. You see the emblem of what Dr. Pershing was wearing in the Mandalorian. So there's right. a connection there, right there. So they are doing their best to connect all of these different timelines and make the entire thing connect for more people. And, you know, if you're talking about an eight, 10 year old, eventually they're going to see all these things and just love this. They're going to say, oh my gosh, did you see this? They're going to point it out. They're going to love yeah. that part and they're going to connect the entire universe together. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my so, god. Round one. Ding ding. <laughs> ding ding. Oh, round one. Prequel oh, trilogy. <laughs> Yikes. I guess round two's later. Yes. Um I mean there's so much to unpack in, in kind of the the surface that we've 
grazed yes no. <laughs> you know in all this but um there's a lot of a lot of great stuff just throughout both yes the sequels and the prequels yes and um it's neat to be able to have two hour conversation about it yeah um you know, just that, remain friendly <laughs> that's the key to uh open-minded discussion is that you can you know agree on certain things and disagree on on very few things you know it's an opportunity to to discuss these things sometimes with um with a different eye and, and a different objective than we personally agree with right and you know if we go back to the very beginning of this episode all you had to do was say obi-wan and storyline and i would be in the sarlacc pit but we're still talking about it. Yeah, and that's why I said it. So, um, <laughs> so I'll I cut out the so. last hour and a half, and I'll just post a five-minute episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, could you imagine? <laughs> oh, fantastic! Oh man. So yeah. So I guess uh, we're on the socials. So why don't you, uh, why don't you shout out where people can find us? Well, sure. Um. Uh, <laughs> we're You're on right? uh, Twitter cool. at Suations and we're at uh, Conversations. We're at Suations.scumandvillainy.com. No, um, <laughs> we're at, uh, at Conversations on uh, Instagram and Facebook. And our mothership website is at Conversations.com. And uh, we are part of the Red Five Network, a conglomeration of huge amount of podcasts that not just cover star wars but science fiction and nerddom and sports and marvel and dc and all these great different topics uh no matter where you are in the nerd and uh, geek spectrum including sports you are very well covered in the red five network so uh, take a check out them at red five network.com and also on their twitter account at red five network you'll see the um a link tree there as well that uh, will connect you to all of the shows there. Perfect. You done good, pal. <laughs> <laughs> you got them right. I guess with that being said, we're, um, we're done with episode 65. Yeah. That's exciting. It is. We're almost to episode 66. Wait a you second. You know what that means? Oh boy. Good night, everybody. In order to um, to tie both uh, ends of the franchise <laughs> together. Uh, may the force be with you. Greetings, listener. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to red5network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network. <laughs>